This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you. The good people of Says Whovia. We love you. We do love you. Patreon.com slash says who. You too can help bring Says Who to you. That's right. We have cool benefits. For as little as a dollar, you can become a member of the community. Uh, but they, there's things like uh, you get bonus episodes. And we really have been putting out a lot of bonus episodes. Yeah, we've been churning those out. Sometimes uh, sometimes just fun. Sometimes in reaction to to the news that comes out between episodes. There's a sticker. There's a wedgie pin. There's You can get advertising. I mean, come on. Come on. Go to patreon.com slash says who and get on board. Hey, everyone, this is Dan. And boy, oh boy, has it been a couple of weeks for our good friend Robert Muller. And I just wanted to remind you that there are Robert Muller prayer candles available at omfg.church. Also, P-tape prayer candles. They make great holiday gifts for people that you want to give magic spells to. And uh, they also look good on your own mantelpiece. And says who listener, you can get 10% off by using the discount code says who via Robert Muller P- prayer candles, P tape prayer candles at omfg.church. Hi there. I am Maureen. Hey, look, you know it. I've talked about it. I've written a book, Truly Devious. It's a mystery book. The first of a series. You'll like it. But guess what? Today that we're recording, the 4th of December is the day we're recording, not the day you're hearing this. I'm from the past, but I'm telling you that now in the future, the paperback is available. Cheaper, lighter, more aerodynamic, makes a great gift. Shove it in your stocking, stick it under a tree, wave it around the air like you just don't care. You just you get a paperback. It's nice for you. Paper Rex. Woo. Oh, all right, Dan. Sorry, just I'm refreshing. Yeah, I'm refreshing. I'm refreshing. Sorry. I'm sorry. Dan, um I'm pulling pulling down on my phone. What? Yeah, are you ready to are you ready to record? I mean, I think if we just wait just a second, I think these Flynn these Flynn this Flynn memo is gonna drop. All right. Anything? Anything? No. Dan, this is a... Uh... I think I think this is it's it's happening, Dan. I think it's happening. I think it's happening, Dan. I think it's starting. You mean the episode? Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Maureen Johnson. And I am Dan Sinker. As we record. Uh, literally as we record. We are just waiting. I have a I have a window open to a perpetual Twitter Twitter search on Michael Flynn's name. We are recording this, says Whovians, on December 4th, Tuesday, December 4th. And Muller is supposed to be dropping, what is it, a booking memo? Some sort of some sort of Michael Flynn related memo. Yeah. The first of three that he's expected to drop this week. Yeah, it's with Manafort and Cohen holding up the holding up the back end of the week. So as soon as we record so last week we recorded on Tuesday, and then we woke up on Wednesday morning and there was this little news flash that was like something's happening in a Manhattan court at nine AM in the morning. 
And that surprise was that Michael Cohen was walking in to sing a beautiful song. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we did actually record a bonus episode about it. Um, But you may have heard about this, that Michael Cohen was like, I lied. I lied to Congress. Sorry about that. Sorry. My bad. I told some lies about this Trump Tower thing that in Moscow I said we stopped talking about that a while back, but it turns out we that wasn't true. We were talking about it up until June of 2016. And a picture begins to emerge. Now, Dan, I, can I just go back to something I said in the last episode when we were making our our calls and predictions? Yes, indeed. I said, because we had to pick dates when, you know, report, you know, the kind of report lands. And I said December 19th. That's just two weeks away. And then as we roll into this week, things, this seems to be like it's going to be a week of things. It is. And and all sort of written things. And I do, I am beginning to wonder if there is going to be a Mueller report at all, or if it is going to be documents like the one that he released with Cohen, you know, like the one that he released with Manafort, you know, we're expecting more of these even where you begin to see bits and pieces of of all of this come together and come into focus through through documents that don't have to be sort of approved and released. Yeah, that it's kind of being fed. So yeah, today we're going to get I think it's a sentencing men- memo for Michael Flynn and then on Friday it's Manafort and when is the Cohen one? I believe there's a Cohen thing that's supposed to be dropping as well on Friday, though I'm slightly unclear as to as to what it is. But that seems to have emerged into the general understanding this morning that there were that we're looking at three things this week. Yeah. So. Is it happening? Is it happening? I think there are parts that are happening. (gasps) I really think there are parts that are happening, Maureen. How do you feel? I, How do you feel about that? I, I feel good. I feel nervous. I'm. I feel. I still feel skeptical that that we are that we are truly in the end game. But I'm beginning to think that maybe we are. We are at least heading towards the set of doors that say end game on them. Mm. And what kind of picture is emerging? A picture. Well, you certainly get the get the sense that Trump is really whoopsieing in the pantsies a lot now. What makes you say that, Sam? He spent his weekend walking through the G twenty conference in Argentina. I would say he wasn't he wasn't there so much as he was sort of a specter that would wander in and out of camera frames and uh, sign the wrong documents and and generally sort of. He was a man that was either heavily medicated or heavily distracted or possibly both. Let, let, let us just go back to it was Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Right. It was. I was down in Philly it uh, when it happened. So uh, it so Michael Cohen comes into court in the morning and he's like, I lied. This Trump Tower thing. And uh, then there was a report that Trump offered Vladimir Putin a 50 million dollar penthouse. Yeah, BuzzFeed dropped that later that evening. So first Trump tweets that, or he says that Michael Cohen is a liar. He's a liar. Yeah. But if Trump had done these things, it's it's fine. It's fine if he did those things. 
Right, because he could do anything when he was running for president, he anything said. Anything when he's running for president. So he, this all happened as he was about to get on the plane to go to the summit. Yeah. Then he did a, a bunch of things all at once, and I have to see if I can remember this. So he says that he's not going to have meetings with Russia suddenly because he's like, because of what they did in the Ukraine, which had been about, what, a week or a week and a half ago? About a week, yeah, yeah. And it only seemed to bother him five minutes after Michael Cohen makes these statements. Yes. So then apparently there was a report from Russia that was like, we expect him to meet with us. Yeah, yeah, like chop, chop. Then he also said he wasn't going to meet with Turkey or I think South Korea. Yeah, I think that's right. Which also made me wonder of like, does this... I didn't realize so many parts of the presidential job were just apparently optional. Just yeah, like, you know, things that have been optional in the last couple of weeks that real. OK, just I, Dan, can we just can we just look at some of this macro and then micro again? Yes. Trump basically has what are his work hours? Uh, they seems to be maybe. On a on a busy day, eleven to two or three, but it seems like a lot of days it is more like one o'clock to maybe three. Okay, so basically, not really working. No, uh, watching a lot of TV and tweeting. Then there's the yes. golf part. So there's a, yep. all the golf. Okay, so that's his overall kind of work thing. Then uh, he doesn't like to do appearances, though, except that he likes to go to his own rallies. Just in the last weeks, as we've said, skipping the 100th anniversary of the end of World War One, skipping vet because it rained, skipping Veterans Day, uh, then for no real reason, for no reason given. Uh, then there was the, and then he, you know, was supposed to go to the, the summit, and he's like, I'm not going to go to this meeting or this meeting or this meeting, but he goes down there, and I didn't actually follow what he was doing down there. It, did it appear that he was just kind of wandering a little bit? Yeah. So there are multiple videos of him where you know i mean the, this this sort of thing is is largely a sort of photo op thing for the heads of state and then you have the staff that travels with them that are you know brokering accords or you know making decisions and things like that so there is a lot of photo time and there are multiple videos of him in various photo ops where he shakes the hand of a head of state and then he just walks off the stage, leaving the other person just standing there kind of looking around. Cameras are still going off. It, they are bizarre. It is, it is of a man that has a lot of strange behavior. This, which this sort of like wandering away from cameras is something we have not really ever seen from him. It was strange i want to see some he of this. seemed to be sort of half asleep through it all and you can't blame time zones because it was argentina so it's only i think about two hours ahead of new york it's not it's not like it was the middle of the night in his brain it is it is truly something i did see the video of him signing all the wrong spots on an agreement <laughs> yeah the the new nafta he signed he signed off in all the wrong places. While all the other leaders are looking over and just looking <laughs> nervously. Oh God damn it. Now we got to get Chad to make another copy. God damn it. Somebody get Chad. Um, but then he says something like, which is the important one? And then Justin Judo says, we each get a copy. 
Actually, Justin Trudeau does that kind of straight-to-camera look that makes it seem like the Curb Your Enthusiasm music is going to start playing at any second. Yeah. No, yeah, that's... Somebody should just follow him around with, like, say-anything-style boombox with the Curb Your Enthusiasm music ready to go at any time. So, is... So, we'll do the little question here, but does he seem to be in a... A real declining state at this? It seems like it. I think that he's... I think that he he has never really gotten out of the sense that the presidency is miserable, but he seems to be on another plane in terms of his own kind of pity party that he's throwing for himself. Yeah, just not showing up to stuff. And if he is, he's... All over the place. And what, I mean, really, Dan, what does this say about what mentally is happening with him with all, and all the Mueller developments? Like, that he knows it's up? I He knows, he knows that he is getting cornered. I don't know that this is a man that ever truly knows that the jig is up until it's, you know, collapsed all around him right you know you don't you don't get the same casino into bankruptcy twice if you're if you're able to kind of see problems ahead of time yeah well yeah he's not doing great dan no no he's not doing great so at at some point i guess we're gonna learn a little bit more about i i really do feel like we're we're living like a true crime story or, you know, it's suspects, documents, clues, like confusing conspiracy wall. It's really, I'm calling upon all my mystery reading skills to try to piece this one together. Is there is there anyone else we could call upon to help piece this one together, Maureen? You know, it's funny you should say that, Dan. I know someone we can talk to, someone who knows all about crime. Oh. Yeah. Is it Donald Trump? No. It's someone who oh. actually calls herself the crime lady. Yeah. That seems useful. Sarah Weinman. She is the crime lady. She covers mysteries and publishing for Publishers Marketplace. She's written for the New York Times, Washington Post, The New Republic, Guardian, and BuzzFeed, among other places. And she is the author of this amazing new book called The Real Lolita, which is the kidnapping of Sally Horner and the novel that scandalized the world. And it's the kind of true crime story that fed into the the story that made the novel Lolita. It is an amazing book. But she knows, like everything about mysteries and crime. I think we should talk to her right now. Let's go talk to her. Let's go figure it out. Sarah, look, you're a mystery expert. I like mysteries. You like mysteries. Dan, do you like mysteries? I like a good mystery. I'm very, very good at Clue. All right. What we need to do is gather all the suspects in the one room and figure out the crime and who did it. Okay? I think that between the three of us, we can solve this. Sarah, do you believe in this? 
I do believe in this. All right. Sarah, first of all, just going to ask you off the top. Do you have any idea what the fuck is happening? I really want to. But every time I log into Twitter, that cesspool that we all love to hate, but we just can't quit. I don't know either. And I keep waiting for news to actually make an impact or do something. So that's why I end up thinking about things like gathering all the suspects at Mar-a-Lago and hoping that some detective will descend upon this mansion, this haunted house of horrors, and actually extract some sense. Because we, as Americans, need to understand this. Is Mueller our Hercule Poirot? I could buy that. Oh. All right. First of Although all, I, guys. I, I will admit one thing, though. So okay. I'm not, I'm not actually a big Hercule Poirot fan. If I have to pick a detective that Agatha Christie created, I'm much more of a Miss Marple person because I think she was smarter and sharper. You know, Poirot kind of bumbled around and relied on his little gray cells a little too much. But Miss Marple, she knew where it was at. So I, I, I really, I don't know if I can say that Mueller is Miss Marple, but maybe they share some like intellectual pursuits. Hmm. Is he Sherlock? Is he... Is he Columbo? Is he Columbo? Well, the thing with Columbo, of course, is that Columbo comes in at the last minute, and we all know who did it. And sometimes I wonder if we all know who did it and what happened, and we're just waiting for Mueller and for the special investigation for the special counsel to catch up with what we already know and put all the pieces together in a cohesive narrative. I think that may be it, because if you've never seen Columbo, it's this it's amazing mystery show from the 70s and 80s where you see the crime at the beginning. Like, you totally know who the murderer is the whole time. Right. And then the whole I show mean, the is... I feel like the murderer is almost always Gene Barry. Mm. <laughs> who, of course, ended up in, like, Burke's Law. Both versions, I might add. All right. First of all... What is the crime? What isn't the crime? <laughs> I mean, there are so many crimes. I think there was one tweet that described it as the reason that Mueller is so silent is because there are so many crimes. I mean, I look around and I live here, right here in New York City, and it just seems like anywhere you look, if there's a Trump building, it's probably built by crime. If it has steel in it, there's crime. If it has bricks and mortar, there's crime. There are mobsters lurking around the shadows. You have weird Russian dudes like Felix Sater. It's like, what is going on here? What isn't a crime? Maybe that's the question. Yeah, Trump is our local crimey guy, but like our stupid crimey guy. Well, so unfortunately, we don't get the timeline we deserve. So much as we would like to have a criminal mastermind, I mean, if this was a Marvel movie or even if this was a 70s noir movie, we'd have a much better villain. But instead, we end up with Trump. Okay. So we've got our villain. And uh, so I, ge I guess we are doing the Columbo model where we have the crime up front where, okay, we have things like Trump out, outwardly asking in 2016, please, Russia, hack her emails. And yeah, Russia's like, right cool. Front, they're like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Literally, Russia, if you're listening. Please hack all these emails. Yeah. I think it's time. And then we they're like, do, 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 yeah. do, do, let's go and hack them. Okay. We have Trump Tower, Moscow. Yes. Oh, and the penthouse. 
Let's not penthouse. forget about the penthouse. Yeah, the so, $50 million penthouse that was offered to, uh, allegedly offered to allegedly. Vladimir Putin by uh, by Michael Cohen in order to grease the wheels of the deal. And I think Mike- that's, that's a good point, which is if this is a Columbo episode, I think it's Michael Cohen that we see in the opening. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Come on. Can't you see him just like creeping around the edges? And so we're going to have him in the beginning and he's driving a a huge 70s car, like one of those that looks like a like a square tank. Yeah. An Oldsmobile. Yeah. (laughs) He's got one of those and he's driving around. And uh, so we have him. But okay, there's okay, okay, you guys, the conspiracy wall. So we have Trump in New York doing his shitty thing, doing mobster deals backhanders, you know, money in bags. He's got a lawyer that's literally based out of a garage in Queens doing all of his business. Um, mine, he's got a TV show. And at some point he goes, I'm going to run for president. Like, that'll be a good publicity stunt. Because he, he, he was essentially a troll. Like, in one version of this, McKay Coppins writes a piece and is basically like, Trump wants to run for president, but this is such a silly idea. And then he runs for president. And now look where we are. Now, we have that over here. And we get this this chump who's like, I'm going to run for president. And then over here, we have the Manaforts. We have the Michael Flynn's. Um, we've got... Uh, so Roger what's happening Stone. over here? Roger Stone. What's happening over here? Then they these people come in. Let's not forget the large adult sons. Because their hands are all over this, whether it's Don Jr. or Eric or Michael Flynn's kid. Like, these guys can't seem to bumble around without the further bumbling of their sons. So, I mean, this is interesting. So you have two circles, right? Like, you have the crimers, and then you have the, like, the political bagmen, right? Like, the dirty tricks guys. And then you've got... I think that Trump's adult sons are the ones that cross continually between those two, right? Especially the eldest of the large adult sons, Don Jr. Yeah. And from the outside looking in, it's such a shameless bid to get daddy's approval. And he keeps failing. And I feel (laughs) sad. Except how can I feel sad for Don Jr.? Because he's just an odious figure who keeps... If he isn't committing crimes, he aspires to commit crimes. And so... It's just it's just the saddest damn thing. Right. Well, Trump learned how to be a crimer at the hands of actual criminals, right? Like through working with the the like the New York and New Jersey mafia back in the 70s and 80s, whereas Dojo's just learned to be a crimer at the hand of his dad. Well, and also let's be clear, Trump also learned at the hands of his dad. So it's not even that yeah, Junior yeah. is a large adult son. He's a large adult grandson. Mm. <laughs> I still, I like this idea of everyone at Mar-a-Lago, you know, all the suspects there and like, like they're all there for Christmas and uh, oh, the yes. pow- power goes the, out. It's the Mar-a-Lago holiday party extravaganza yeah. with the iceberg yeah. wedge salad. And that ridiculous dessert that he, what is it, two scoops of ice cream for everybody? Yeah. Oh, oh, no, just for Only Trump. for him, yeah. But one scoop for everyone else. I'm assuming at Mar-a-Lago, he just has like a vanilla soft serve machine right next to him, right? And he can just pull 
pull that whenever he wants. But yes, yeah, so everyone's <laughs> there. The power goes out and assembled in a room are all the suspects. And get ready. Baron Trump, boy detective. (laughs) So who's in the room? Yeah. All right. Over. So Trump, obviously. And then kind of behind him are Don Jr. and Eric. And then kind of sitting angrily to the side, we have Ivanka and Jared. Uh, We have Michael Cohen. Of course. We have Paul Manafort. We've got Michael Flynn. We've got... Roger Stone. Roger Stone. Jerome Corsi. We've got Julian um, Assange beamed in from the Ecuadorian embassy. <laughs> right. Like Max Headroom on a flickering screen in the background. I yeah, like that. Um, Those are our main suspects. Oh, I feel like we're missing some. Who is the... Uh, who was... We're missing um we're missing the the guy that worked with Manafort, Gates. Oh, Gates, Rick Gates. Yeah, Rick Gates who's and been indicted. George Papadopoulos. Oh, and his Russian spy wife. Yes. She's sort of standing behind him with a cigarette on a long stick like uh like the old uh who was it Miss Scarlet in on right. um, Clue on the 70s Clue boards. I, I just had I just had another thought. I know how this, but I might be getting ahead of myself, which is of course another line that appears in a lot of detective novels. Yeah, that's it, you are the voice of Baron Trump, boy detective, right now. Well, it's either Baron or it's Stormy, because Stormy Daniels' detective would be pretty awesome. <laughs> well, she could be in the room. I mean, we also have other players in the room. We have okay, Stormy. So let's, yeah, let's figure out who the other players are. Stormy, for sure. Melania. For sure. Uh... Oh, Kellyanne Conway and George, or as I now think of them, the nickname you done of this mess. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Sarah Huckabee Sanders looking very put out. And her father, Mike Huckabee, just being there. Yeah. Just for there. no good reason. We got Steve Bannon. Oh God! Oh, but he—he's just like talking shit about everybody in the room. Yeah, and yeah, he's there. He's there. That everybody wants to quote him, even though he's a complete bullshit artist. Yeah. All right. Okay, we've got all that. Mike Pence is looking on adoringly for no good reason. <laughs> oh, right. He's like the butler. <laughs> oh God! I can't see this. He's walking around with a platter of shrimp cocktail. Because <laughs> that's the new vice presidential duty. Yeah. And we're waiting. They've called the, the inspector is coming. Yes. That's Mueller. He's, he's in the car. He's the inspector is coming. Baron, where do we start? I suppose you're wondering why we're all gathered here today. <laughs> and really, we are gathered here to figure out who did all the crimes. Baron points to, oh, Rudy Giuliani has to be there, too. Because he's a lawyer. yeah. So he points to Rudy and says, why are you here? Because I'm a lawyer. But you are a terrible ex-mayor and everything you say is bad. And also you have weird ties to foreign agents. So you shouldn't be in here. And also you've committed too many crimes. Rudy leaves Ah! the room. Whoa, whoa. Whoa. I know. What next? Oh, then he points to his mother and says, I know you've tried to do right by me by keeping me out of the fray, but I'm a Trump boy 
and it's impossible. It's just the generational taint is too strong, but I must outgrow this and I must outlive this. And now we're going to figure out who did all the crimes. And Melania sort of blinks and stares ahead and wonders, did that mysterious surgery that I had earlier this month work or not work? I still can't figure it out. Oh my God, I forgot about that. I forgot all about that. It's been, look, 2018 has been a long year. So many mysteries. Right. Okay, so who else is Baron going to point to next? All right, Kellyanne's like, why? Why are we even here? This is why are why are we even here? Why why can't we go outside? And George is like, you better stay here because this shit's about to get good. Shut up, George. <laughs> you sound just like your mother when you say that. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> but I can't not be married to you because you know too many things about me. Uh. Oh, why am uh, Shut up. I mean, seriously, like, they is are they not Gone Girl in real life? Like, you just know. You just know that there's some really deep shit between the two of them that keeps them bound together. And I don't even want to entirely speculate as to what it might be, but I just know it's bad. It's gross. It's really unsavory. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely gross. It's like, they're so unseemly and they're so gross that any secret that's revealed, which would have horrified us five years ago, now we're just like, well, that's just gross. Yeah, checks out. So what they've done is they've completely diminished our capacity for actual surprise or even actual shock. And so if we're in this context of a great mystery reveal, what I think is going to happen is it's not so much that people will be like, oh my God, where did this out of left field or out of the blue revelation come from? It'll be, oh, this was hiding in plain sight all along. So the question is, who is the narrator like murder of Roger Ackroyd who's going to emerge and essentially be driving this whole bus? Oh, should we explain what that means? Or is that a giveaway? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I I don't know what that means. Well, if you can spoil... A 92-year-old novel, I okay, guess we're just going to have to go ahead and spoil it. Which all right, is, we're just going to put a little a little thing right here that says, spoilers. If, you've, if you've ever wanted to read The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, don't listen to like the next 15 to 30 seconds. TLDR, the narrator, did it. Like the, the person who's telling you the story of Hercule Poirot coming to town to, to look and then the murder of Roger Ackroyd, it, the person, yeah, the narrator did the murder and though it's kind of concealed within the story itself. Like you actually kind of, he just kind of leaves out this little sentence or, you know, you, you see him kind of at the scene and stuff, but you just don't see what he does. And so when the book was published, people in mystery circles got really, really mad because they said that Agatha Christie didn't play fair with the reader. Now, if you go back and look, actually she did. She just concealed it in such a way that you sort of had to be at expert level, but it's there. And I look at it and I'm kind of amazed because it was 26. It was only six years removed from her first Hercule Poirot novel. That's pretty like insane batshit writing so early in a career. So tangent over. Now we're back at Mar-a-Lago. Wait, can I ask another true crime question? Sure. <laughs> Is this the jinx? 
Ooh. What does that mean? Ooh. So that, okay, what that means. So the Jinx was a multi-part documentary about a real estate large adult son named Robert Durst. And Durst was the eldest son, but because he was more than a little weird, he was sort of like cast aside and pushed off. So he didn't really get a lot of the real estate money, but he got some, but it made him mad. And so his wife disappears and he's the prime suspect. And then a guy turns up dead and dismembered and he goes on trial, but he claims self-defense and wins and he's acquitted. And there's at least two or three other people who disappeared or, or died who are linked to Durst. And so these filmmakers make this documentary and they, they talk to him. He just wants to talk to them all the time. And he tells them stuff and some of it's true and most of it's not. And then at the end, they realized a final revelation. They get him into a boardroom and then he has the mic on. He keeps the mic on and he goes to the bathroom and he mumbles to himself as he's going to the bathroom and he says something to the effect of, what the hell did I do? Killed them all, of course. And so what? just yeah. as this, just as this documentary finished airing, he was arrested for one of the murders and is still sitting in jail waiting for trial. Oh, wow. and, and, and the best part, because sometimes I go and I visit this tweet, Trump tweeted about Durst said, oh, he's not such a bad guy. <laughs> That's consistent. Yeah, in the last couple seconds of this whole documentary about, I mean, it's like people are disappearing and body parts are ending up in like suitcases and stuff. Like it's that kind of thing. Right, and, and he's, he's like just dressing, he, he, he dresses as a woman, but sometimes he dresses as a man. Like it, it, you can't really get yeah, any sense on, of, he puts on lots of costumes and disguises. He wears a lot of costumes and it's only in the last like minute or so of this documentary. I think they only found what they had later. It's just his this little voice of him going, yeah, I did it. Of course I did it. I killed them all. I did it. I did. Yeah. It's wild. It's so wild. I remember just sitting there just going, what? And then getting the New York Times push notification that he was arrested. So people got mad that the Times had spoiled the ending of the documentary. Because, of course, we don't just live in real life. We live in reality TV life. Yeah, we do. We really do. All right. Who, who, who is, okay, here, this is actually a real question. Mm -hmm. Who is the most, who is the mastermind in this room? What if there isn't one? I firmly believe that if that's the cast of characters in the room, the mastermind is not in the room. Exactly. The mastermind is behind a curtain somewhere trying to be Oz, except it's like yeah. Oz from hell. Yeah, that that every single one of these people was involved in in a part of a larger puzzle that they didn't. Oh see. wait, 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 wait! We know who the mastermind is. He just doesn't live in the United States, right? Someone in Russian intelligence. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the the mastermind is Vladimir Putin. Exactly. Except at this point, do you think he's happy being the mastermind? I, I sort of feel like this didn't quite work out the way he planned. Really. Well, it's just everybody's too bumbling. Yeah. Everybody's too inept. Everybody's too, even for someone as corrupt as Putin, everyone is too corrupt because yeah. they're sort of like open and naked and 
unashamed about their corruption. And his method of dealing with bumblers can't work here. No. Because he can't start murdering all the people in this room. No, I mean, he can even do that in Britain, which is pretty gobsmacking. But in America, they might notice it. Well, and there are just too many of them. You know, if it was one or two loose ends, he could he could clean those up. But you knock you know, off the, one bumbler and three more show up in his place. Exactly. Exactly. And then they start getting scared and then they get start getting, you know, their lips loosen up. All right, you guys, the camera just the camera just flashed. It's just lightning, thunder. Oh, the no. Car, the car is coming up the road with the inspector in it. He's going to be there soon. Does that and mean the lights are f- there's going to be another murder? <laughs> what's the body on the floor when the lights go out one of the large adult sons i'm gonna go with eric Whoa. for no for no reason other than he's not very well liked don jr just got sick of him or ivanka ivanka kills both her brothers that seems more likely but if she does she somehow has to not be in the room you know, because she's somebody who could just shiv someone and just leave and leave no trace. Like she's got that assassin bearing. Yeah. You yeah. know what? What do you? What do you like? What? What did all those companies and you know, being a human walking MLM? It's it's clearly hiding something far more sinister. We know this. Yeah, the lights come up and Eric's on the ground. Ivanka's nowhere to be seen, but nobody remembers that she was there to begin with, <sighs> including Jared. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh He's just god. like, I'm just glad I'm here. They just invited me. Oh my god. Oh, Baron, Baron remembers. Baron has made a note. But he's not revealing yet. Wait, okay, is this murder in the Orient Express? Ooh, where they all did it. Oh, spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I uh we we were listening, Maureen, we were listening to our special Patreon backer episode in the car uh this weekend and that that exact murder on the Orient Express is ex- I I literally said that out loud. Like I think that everyone did it. I mean, it, it, I feel like that may be the most logical conclusion because as I said before, there are just so many crimes and so many people, right. and thus so many murderers. Yeah, everyone did it, but not nobody knew the extent of what they were doing. Each person was just doing their own little discrete part, thinking that they were the only ones doing that part. So, does that mean that Baron, as detective, has to put together a murder jigsaw puzzle? Yes. I like this. And it's he's grown up, right? He's grown up alone in his room, his golden room in Trump Tower. It's just him, his stuffed lion, and a lot of jigsaw puzzles. So he's very good at it. The car is still the car is like kind of stuck behind an alligator on the path in the rain. It's trying it's trying to get there. Eric is dead, but that doesn't matter. Like, he's just on the floor. He's been stabbed with a, um, like, a gold, uh, like, a statue. Yeah. With, with a, a pointy head. Ivanka is no longer in the room. Jared is confused. Sarah Huckabee Sanders has just got her arms folded and said, I think the president has been very clear. Um, 
Michael Cohen is uh, talking a lot. He's Luca. on his phone. He's on his phone, and he's talking a lot and gesticulating a lot. Yeah, he's got a bag of phones. He's got two right. phones, one in each hand. And he's talking into both of them on speaker. <laughs> but wait, and then the door suddenly burst open, and you think it's the detective, but it's not. It's that doctor from that gave <gasps> Trump his medical report. That oh. dude. And he's clutching something in his hand and he says, wait, I have the, and then he's, there's the lights go out. You hear a shot and the lights come up and he's dead and the paper is gone. And you know what those papers were, right? Yeah. Tax returns. And medical reports. He had everything. He had the works. And now they have run away. And he too is dead. You don't know where the paper is, but you do see that Don Jr. seems to be chewing something very large. And remarking on how good it tastes. Do you think we're ever going to see the tax returns? I hope so, but I'm just trying not to be too optimistic about this. I just don't think that they're like, I feel like the tax returns have been sort of a MacGuffin all along, right? Like they're the thing that everyone wants, but it's not like he's got a line item that's like criming with Russia, $50 million. You know, that's not. Well, okay, what if Dan? he does? Yeah, counterpoint. <laughs> have you met this guy? True. He might have line itemized his crimes. Why That's not? True. Every dollar of money laundering money was actually declared. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dan, this is a guy that just basically yesterday night was like, you know, what's great is when people keep silent about stuff that they heard about me or, you know, just. <laughs> it was pretty epic. Or I didn't do it, but if I did, it was fine. Like, Dan, he could have a whole page that's just money laundering deductions. Or just, the, you know, a page that just says crimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the Schedule C. He, he filed a Schedule C and the C stands for crime. <laughs> yeah. The dumbest answer is true. At all times with this, the dumbest answer is true. It's Occam's dumbest razor. It's like <laughs> the worst possible razor you could think of. It's broken. It's rusty. It's jagged. It doesn't work. It makes you bleed if you even like try to shave anything. Yeah, it's the worst razor because we are in the worst timeline. Meanwhile, back on the road, the alligator has moved on and the car's it's still a slow drive through the storm to get to the lightning thunder to Mar-a-Lago. The inspector's car is still trying to get there. All right. Now, another question, because every good crime book has the, the suspects, the confrontation scene. And now we're getting into the clues right. and the clues are like the tax return. Here's another. Is there a P tape? You know, I feel like. The P-tape is like the tax return. By the time we finally get to it, the impact will diminish. So it may also be a MacGuffin, which I know would make a lot of us very, very sad. Yeah, it would make me very sad. It's okay, Dan. It's not a MacGuffin yet. The tax return can be the first MacGuffin. The P-tape can be the MacGuffin in the sequel. Oh, I like it. I don't want a sequel, though. What about that? Can we wrap this up in one, please? (laughs) No. Where did this? You know how frequently they'll do the the part where they're like, "This crime originated here." Like, 
what was the origin of the crime sequence? Fred Trump uh, buying up property and yeah. displacing black people. Yeah. I, I would say we'll this go closer. This goes back a like, long time ago. Close, but just the more recent history, like the kind of immediate sequence of events. Oh, it was probably when Trump went to Russia in the mid-2010s, whenever the supposed timeline of the P-tape happened. Yeah, yeah the, the Miss Universe pageant. Yes. And the, and the lead up to the Miss Universe pageant, which also checks out with the basic time frame for when Trump started paying cash for everything. Mm-hmm. And what role, remember Stormy is in the room. Yes. What role will Stormy play? It's a very good question. I feel I feel like Stormy's just going to be there at the very end, and maybe she'll go off with Melania. And it won't be a Thelma and Louise kind of situation, because that would be kind of too good for it. But it'll be something... Oh, it'll be like the end of Double Indemnity where let's get Stinko. Oh. Whoa. What does that mean? So at the end of um Oh, I you know what it is? I messed it up. It's the end of Mildred Pierce. Which, yeah, I thought I was like, wait a minute, yeah. and then yeah. I got my James M. Kane adaptations mixed up. Um so it's where Joan Crawford and the father of their wayward daughter Vita are left at the end, sort of grappling with what has happened in this noir hellscape of family life. And he turns to her and says, let's get Stinko. Either that or she says, forget it, Baron. It's Trump town. Yeah. (laughs) What about L.A. Confidential? Is there any L.A. Confidential in this or? Hmm, Maybe, but then we'd have to have more sad cops. Hmm. And the thing is, is in a detective story, while some of them are sad, certainly Philip Marlowe was a sad detective. Uh, Lou Archer was definitely a sad detective. I'm not sure if that's quite the right motif we have in mind here. Maybe, maybe. James Comey. James Comey is definitely a sad detective. That's increasingly true. He's a very tall, very sad detective. Okay, back outside. Oh, wait, I have one more question for Sarah. Yes. Do you see an and then there were none kind of situation maybe developing here? Well, if that's the case, then Eric is rising from the dead and he ends up being the ultimate murderer. <gasps> mm. Oh, my God. What if Eric was like kind of Kaiser Soze ending where it's like Eric was actually the mastermind the whole time? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you couldn't even entertain that. <laughs> Like, that's the thing. Maybe that's it. It's the person you suspected the least was actually the person who did it all. See? Yes. That's the ending. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Then it's Baron. He was always good with computers. But then then that's, it's not just the, and then there were none ending. That's the Roger Ackroyd ending. Mm. (sighs) Yeah, it is. Wait, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Tiffany! Tiffany. (laughs) She's the one orchestrating it all. She has carefully removed herself from this narrative. Everybody has such sympathy for Tiffany, but she's the one in the car riding in. Whoa. It's not even the detective. No, it's just Tiffany. We just thought it was. And she's got a pistol. Oh, yeah. (gasps) Oh. 
Do you think it would be a vintage, like World War II style pistol? No, it would be one of those pink lady pistols that the NRA shows every <gasps> the now lady and then. Remington? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So the detective, it turns out he's just actually left the station in his car. Everyone's like, oh. And when he gets there, it's just a pile of bodies. Yep. And Tiffany's saying, I don't know what happened. I came in and found them like this. Yep. They were all dead. <gasps> Something terrible happened here. Oh, my God, you guys. Did we just solve it? I think we did. And if we did, can... that ends the Mar-a-Lago murders. Uh... Holy shit, Maureen. <laughs> That's the name of the Choose Your Own Adventure book that we need to write. God damn it. Yeah. It God really damn is. damn it. We can do it. Sarah, thank you for helping us solve all the crime. It was my pleasure and it was my honor. Ah. Oh my god. The game is afoot, Maureen. That's a that's a mystery thing, right? It is. A Sherlock. I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot about mysteries. Don't worry, Danny. I have to admit, I was kind of a poser in that in that in that interview. That's why you got me, Dan. That's why you got me. I am very good at clue. You should watch the jinx though. It's really good. I want to. It's I want to. It's really like it's a lot like this where you're like, well, he did it. He did it. And he's like, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> it is like this. But oh, it's about Lord. a weird rich guy from a real estate family in New York who's like, did the crimes. He did these crimes. I did, it's, it's almost like growing up super rich from something like a real estate empire in New York City might make you I mean it's I mean well Jared Kushner obviously comes from a great family and turned out just fine so I mean I guess sure. that uh, yeah it's almost like it's not good for you no you spend a lot of time with um with weird money there's a lot of weird money in real estate mm. I think that that's I think that's really what it boils down to there's a lot of crimers buried in the concrete of various foundations of various buildings yeah yeah, you're dealing with, you know, you're dealing with straight up mobsters, you're dealing with mobbed up unions, you know, I mean, it's, you're, it's, our cities are built on a lot of crime. What, Chicago? Oh, not Chicago. It's weird, I know. It's weird, I know. We actually had a, the feds raided uh, the, the longest seated alderman in the city. Uh, he's been alderman since 1969, I believe. Um they just raided his office. They showed up with butcher paper and put it up in the windows. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we don't know why, but he, uh, because this is how Chicago works. So he's the longest seated alderman. He also uh, runs a <laughs> runs a law firm whose specialty is uh, real estate tax assessments. Sure. So that's that's not at all a conflict of interest that has been uh, the point of contention for many, many years. Sure. No, I get it. Yeah. Dan, I just want to open a private detective agency. I Okay. I think you should. Do you think I'd be good at it? What would you call it? Mm, 
I solve it for you. But with the number four in the letter U, like Prince? Yes. Yeah, I like it. I will solve for you. Only if you want Darling, me to. Darling, if you want me to, you. I will solve for you. Wow. Has a song even. Yeah. There's your jingle. Well, we are now on, as of today, the 4th of December, and the new Congress comes in on... January 3rd is when they're coming. Wow. All right. So... They're coming. So, Dan, in the next month, it's going to be all shenanigans. Just shenanigans. There's... This is going to be... Bananas. And we have definitely said this before, but this is... This is a hold on to your butts month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this week there'll be stuff. There's tweeting. He's already in some weird decline. He's he's wandering around. He's not showing up to stuff. Uh, it, it And I mean, when does really con- congressional business kind of stop for the year? I think it's pretty soon. I think they I think they wrap pretty soon. So really all the kind of stuff he can do is even limited to an even shorter timeline than that, probably. Right? Stuff. Who is the he in that? Trump. Sense? Trump? Yes, or Trump. Well, I mean, you need to remember that Trump is going to be spending the Christmas holidays at a bare minimum down in Mar-a-Lago, mm-hmm. just mad, feeling the walls closing in mm-hmm. and tweeting. Do you want me to ask? I'm going to ask you this right now. I'm ready. Does he just straight up try to fire Mueller? Yeah, that's the one. I mean, in some ways, wouldn't don't you think he would try to do that when they are on recess? Mm. I don't think he's going to try to do anything because I think he doesn't know how anything works. Um, But presumably if he tried to do that and then there was some kind of move to stop him, then it rolls into the next year. Right. I, I don't think, honestly, I don't think he is going to try to fire Mueller. I think if he was going to do that, he would have he would have done that already. Certainly this week is going to, to line up in a way that he could well have regretted not firing before. But I think that as more and more pleas are made, as more and more indictments come forward, it gets harder and harder for him to fire him in a way that feels like anything, but he's really trying to run. Now, is that going to stop him? I guess not. Dan, what we need is Mueller to come in now. So I'm going to stick this piece of paper right up my nose. Oh. Ah, there we go. Okay, Santa, 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 Santa. Oh, it stings. I just feel like you would have figured out by now that really sticking hurts. paper up your nose does not... Oh, God, it does burned. not make Santa come. Oh, that's sounds new last episode. You said that it happened once. It did work. We're the big. I got a doll. I got a doll. I got a doll from it. Ow. I just. I want to believe in Santa. I want to believe in Muller. I want to believe. I put the paper up my nose. How do you, what is the lot? Does he then collect the paper? Is that it? 
No, it just shoots up. It's my wish, and it shoots directly to the um, to the North Pole. It's like going up the chimney. Okay. Except the chimney is your nose, and I think the paper is your sinus going to your sinus or possibly your brain. Hmm. So he can read. He can read minds. Dan, we really are going to have an exciting confrontation in a weird, creepy mansion like I've always dreamed of in every mystery story. Yeah, we really are. Do you think he'll come out at all? Do you think he'll just go into Mar-a-Lago and he won't come out? I There was a moment when he was acting so weird in Argentina that I was like, is he not coming back? (laughs) Like, is he going to run for it? Yeah, like, is he just going to, like, jump over to Ecuador? And that's that. How amazing would it be if he just fucking ran? Like the president just ran, like ran away. I mean, would you put it past him? No. He is a coward. At the at the end of everything, you boil it all down, and he is a coward. Just runs away at the end. Yeah, if he if he if if like if Trump Tower Panama had not fallen apart into a literal like gang war in the lobby earlier this year like you could just see him like hiding out there it's what what you you, we need a list of countries with non-extradition treaties where he probably has an extradition treaty where he has property right that's probably a pretty short list and then i'll have to just stay inside like hidden inside that won't be able to come out and which he'd be fine with yeah. And also, if that happens to you and you can't get out, you're going to get hungry. Oh, and there's a way that food can come to you and that you won't uh, have to order it all the time. It just comes automatically. And that way is our sponsor, Blue Apron. If you sign up, not, say you're down in one of your properties in a non-extradition country and you're like, I wish someone would mail me a, they, a potato. They, they will mail you a potato to your hideout or, say, the Ecuadorian embassy. They'll throw not it into a, the window. They're not our. And if you're in the Ecuadorian embassy and you're like, you have a little hot plate where you cook not your, our sponsor. your noodles over, Blue Apron will, they'll literally, they'll throw you a box or they'll throw you individual ingredients into your it's window. Not, no. None of these things are things that happen. You can get a special deal by going to blueapron.com backslash no, backslash special no. deal backslash says who backslash. That's not a thing. Ecuadorian a, embassy. And way too many backslashes. In a special Julian Assange prize it's pack not, that's that has tastes like internet. Mm. Get 700 free okay. boxes online. In, in real life, we do have a sponsor, and that sponsor is you. Because yes. you make that this happen as a patron at patreon.com slash says who. That's right. And one of our Main Street moguls has advertised again with us this week. Justin Ward is our Main Street mogul. We want to thank you, Justin. And he has chosen his time in the ad spot to promote Megan Scott Mullen's book, The Frame Up. And he would officially like to recommend it for inclusion into the Sezu Community Book Club. Now, what is The Frame Up about? Well, here it is. M.G. Martin lives and breathes geek culture. She even works as a writer for the comic book company she idolized as a kid. But despite her love of hooded vigilantes, M.G. prefers her comics stay on the page. 
But when someone in L.A. starts recreating crime scenes from her favorite comic book, MG is the LAPD's best and only lead. She recognizes the golden arrow left at the scene as the calling card of her favorite comic book hero. The thing is, superheroes aren't real, are they? Uh, when these too handsome for his own good, Detective Kildare asks for her comic book expertise. MG is more than up for the adventure. Because every superhero, for every superhero, there is a supervillain. And the story, villain of her story, may be closer than she thinks. So, that Man. is what Dustin is recommending for... I was at the edge of my seat there. I know. There's a lot of good books. There should be a Says Who book club. Dustin, there thank should. you for being a mogul, for bringing Says Who to the people. And thank every single one of you for your contributions. We incredibly appreciate it. And Dan... There are some wedgie pins on the way. There sure are. We got all the merch this weekend. We got wedgie, the wedge salad, enamel pins. I'm wearing one right now, Maureen. And uh, those are getting those are getting packed and sent to our Parks and Rec Committee level sponsors at $10 and all sponsors above that. Uh, we have stickers. That's going out to everyone that's given two bucks or more. And... Uh, they're really nice. They're really nice. My son packed up everyone's stickers. Yeah, I saw him. He's, he's, and they look great. They really it's do. A, it's a big stack. There yeah. are a lot of people. There are a lot of people that believe in us. And boy, that feels good. Oh, man. You guys are so nice. You really You know are. who else is and nice? And if you aren't, if you aren't, yeah. you can become one at patreon.com slash says who. It's a really nice group of people. Maureen. Yes. Let me tell you about our theme music. Our tell theme me. music is performed by Ted Leo. And you can see what Ted Leo's up to by going to tedleo.com. He's probably playing. I know he does a big holiday thing with Amy Mann every year. I and bet that's happening. Do you ever sit back and think our theme music is done by Ted Leo and just be kind of amazed by that? I think that a lot. Yeah. Every single of... time I edit this podcast, when the music comes on, I do a little dance. Yeah. That's Ted Leo, motherfucker. Yeah. One talented, one talented and wonderful individual. We're always going to thank Darth. Darth is a red panda and Darth is hibernating right now. We love you, Darth. We do love you, Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at SaysWhoPodcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash groups slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. Join us! Next week, December 12th, for our next episode. Man, suddenly it's December 12th. It's December 12th, and honestly, we already kind of know the story will be advanced in a certain way by next <laughs> I week. That, I think we pretty much know what we're covering next episode. Well, that's the thing. We think we know what we're covering, but we didn't yeah. know this time last Tuesday that the night, morning, Wednesday, Cohen would walk into court and be like, I did all the lying. Oh, by the way, I'm a lying liar who lies. Would you like to hear about crimes? Hmm. From my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. And from New York City, where some of these things are happening. Oh, my God. What if the next one happens and I run to the court to do like a live coverage? In. In. We can make and that I, happen. And I touch Michael Cohen's sleeve. And whisper, says who? Live yes. court coverage. Live court coverage, Dan. Uh, I want that. 
I want that now. From the steps of the courthouse in New York City, I'm Maureen Johnson. And this has been Says Who. Hello, I'm standing here on the steps of the courthouse. Is it like really windy there or something? Hi. You don't maybe have to speak so loud. Courthouse steps. Hello. Oh, well. I guess the volume didn't really change how weird your voice sounds. Crimes!